our right to express our opinions, our right to express our desires, our right to express our choices, right? That is really powerful stuff. And what I've noticed so far in this month's topic is it is across the board where every single woman has been suppressed. Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Laura Schiff-Guzman. Today we thought we would talk about a topic that I'm actually exploring in depth in my coaching program for women, and that is reclaiming our voice. This is such a powerful topic, right, because it is about our brands and our businesses, but it's also about like reclaiming our voice, finding our voice again. And so the way that I started this off with my clients was to define what reclaim means and what voice means. And so I'm going to do that. And then we're going to just dive into it, me and Laura, and talk about kind of what this is for you, what the relevancy of this is in our time right now, in the world right now. Um, I think it's really powerful. And so reclaim, the definition is to regain possession of, right? So it's, it's a voice that we've always had, but we're actually going to regain possession of it. Or the other definition that I use to reclaim is to restore to a previous natural state. So what is our voice in a natural state, right? I think these definitions are so interesting. And then voice, right? The definition of voice is a right of expression, right? Now, oftentimes we think it's what we say, right? Or how we say it, but it's actually our right to express. What do you think, Laura? I love when you get into the actual definitions and we really kind of get into the nitty gritty of of the meaning because yes, reclaim has always been a favorite word of mine because I do think, you know, that we are born with so much wisdom, our essential self is whole, and then all these things happen to us in life, you know, trauma happens, little drama, big drama, events, parents, conditioning society and all the different things that teach us what's okay or not okay about ourselves. And we start to just offload these things that were innately ours to begin with, or more of our nature. So we might've come into the world with a voice that was our right to expression that was intrinsically a certain way. And then we've lost connection to that over time, been told that it wasn't okay for various reasons. So I'm all in on this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Look, it's so juicy. And I don't think we always realize, and this is why I love, you know, every time, every month in my group, this is why we pick a topic and we go deep into it. Because I don't think we realize this is like a lot of people talk about branding. A lot of people talk about your voice and and it's the shallow look at it. But when we really look at the depth of this, our right to express our opinions, our right to express our desires, our right to express 
express our choices, right? That is really powerful stuff. And what I've noticed so far in this month's topic is it is across the board where every single woman has been suppressed in some way. Like their right to express themselves was altered. It was manipulated. It was just rejected. It was refused. It was told that it was wrong, like that how they express is wrong. They need to be more quiet. They need to be more silent. They need to be more aggressive, less aggressive. They need to be like, there's a thousand ways. Consider it, more considerate. <laughs> yes, we've been boxed in. We've been told that we can express, but only in a certain way, only when we're not threatening, only when we do it in a polite way only when we do it in a kind way, only when it's in service to others, right? Like, I mean, literally how many messages? Yes. Uh, this recently actually came up in an experience of mine in a Zoom meeting, a Zoom gathering where there were breakout sessions. And this was a mixed gender group, but all leaders, like high leaders in their fields, right? So men and women go into these small breakouts And there's like a topic, everyone is supposed to just kind of, you know, and those are always interesting when there's not a leader. So you just got all these strangers that get put into a breakout room, right? And then it's like, okay, everybody. And then who's the first person to to lead and to talk? And you've got all these leaders (laughs) that are trying not to step on each other's toes, I guess. But what's interesting is that in every one of the breakout rooms, the men talked more than the women. And I, and I sat there and I watched it because I, I saw all the, and I'm looking at all the little squares. I'm watching the women's expression and they're all kind of, they're waiting to see when it's appropriate, you know, and they're, and they're making sure like, okay, does somebody else have a need that's stronger than mine before I say anything? And then you just see the guy, well, if nobody else is going to talk, I mean, I guess I just wanted to jump in, you know, just like, I won't talk long. And then talks the, almost the entire breakout period where and, I, and I, it's fascinating because I just am like seeing it in even new ways with Zoom. You know, I used to see it in person and now I'm seeing it on a screen and, and I'm, I feel like I can observe it even more because I'm sitting here watching and looking at the little squares. But it's amazing. The women have so much to say, but they are not finding their voice as quickly. They will pause. And there's all sorts of variables of that, like whether they're just pausing to be polite, pausing to read the room. But when the men in those particular groups saw the pause, they took it as an invitation. Like nobody else has anything else to say. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Like I, like there's just fl- a flooding of like stories I've heard just flooding at me and then I want to just share them all. But like, like two really relevant ones, right? So one, I remember talking to this woman and she talked about how when she was in the boardroom, right, with a bunch of in corporate, with a bunch of, you know, men, that she, she literally had figured this out that she had to wait four times for people to speak over her four times. And then the fifth time she could speak up about it. But if she said anything before those four times of the men speaking over her, she was, you know, basically called, you know, a B-I-T-C-H. She was like really looked down on. She was, you know, all of these things if she spoke, but as long as she waited till the fifth time, then it was appropriate, right? Like this is the kind of thinking we have to have. And then of course we have the experience, and this is going to totally date this podcast episode, but we have the experience of like the vice president debate, which we just had, you know, recently where we have the woman 
and the man, and the man is just talking over her consistently to where she has to keep saying, I'm speaking, excuse me, I'm speaking. Every woman in America and like probably over the world was like, yep, I'm speaking. I have done that so many times where I have to say, hey, hey, I'm speaking. Did you not notice me? Did you not notice that I was in the process of speaking before you railroaded over me? And this is what happens. And so, of course, we're conditioned that our right to expression, our voice, is conditional. If it's in the right atmosphere, if it's at the right time, imagine having to think all the time, and this is what we do subconsciously, we're thinking all the time about, I don't know, is this the right moment? Is this the right time? Is this the right? Imagine how much mental processing has to go into that before we can just express ourselves. Like, that's it. Just express ourselves. Yes. There's so much happening, so much energy that it's taking for us to just be able to speak our truth and to express what we want to say. So it's no surprise, right? That sometimes some women just get exhausted and they just stop trying. They're just like, okay, well, I'm just not going to say anything. I'll just let it go. Or just some like unconsciously, you just get so conditioned to it that when finally you have the floor, you're like, what? They want to know what I have to say. <laughs> like, oh, I'm used to just having this internal dialogue with myself. And so for a lot of women, I mean, I think it's wonderful that I have seen, you know, there's organizations that are specifically, um, there's one called Women Speak. I think I know they have chapter here in Austin and they're national where it's like women being able to show up and, and actually practice in a safe space, having a voice and speaking. I think they just pick topics. Like they can show up and talk about their favorite breed of dog, or they can talk about their business, or they can talk about anything, you know, that delights them. And that is really interesting that we have to have that to begin with. We have to have these safe spaces that we intentionally create, but it's awesome that we do have more and more women that are saying, I do want to reclaim my voice. Like I am becoming conscious of that, the fact that I'm holding back my truth, like I'm not actually speaking to the extent that I would like to. Yes. And one of the really interesting points that I'm seeing as this is unfolding in my group and with my clients is that still too often we think our voice is about how we express or what we say or how people hear it or how people understand it. And so we're still framing our voices from outside of ourselves. That is not having a voice. Whereas it is 100% about us expressing ourselves. It is nothing about anyone else. It doesn't matter how anyone else receives it. It doesn't matter what anyone else does with it. It doesn't matter if anyone understands you. It doesn't matter if anyone relates to you. It literally doesn't matter. This is about you reclaiming your voice unaltered, unedited, and fully expressed, right? That's a really different perspective that we rarely talk about. Yeah, that is so true. It actually makes me think about our podcast, like the fact that we even chose an unedited form of conversational style podcasting. Being able to just speak unedited and unfiltered is a wonderful practice. If you aren't already doing it in some outlet, I highly, highly recommend it because we are doing a lot of our own filtering. And like you said, because we're worried about the interpretation, we think about our voice being how the end result, but the voice is having the expression. Like you said, it's the right to express. And all you have to do is look at kids, little ones to see this, 
I love when small kids are just talking to themselves or singing or like doing whatever. And I remember my own children, like, you know, I'm just like, are you talking to mama? Mama, are you talking to me? No, just talking to myself or my son likes he's, I guess he catches me doing, he's like, mom, are you talking to me? Or are you talking to yourself again? <laughs> it's like, I'm just talking it out. I'm just talking to myself and talking these things through. And it's like this ability to not be filtered. Yeah. And, you know, in this podcast is a perfect example. Like we started this because we wanted a place to express ourselves. And literally, like you all might not know behind the scenes, but Laura and I do not plan out these episodes. We literally show up to a call and we're like, hey, what do you want to talk about today? That sounds like a good topic. Let's dive in. We have no plans. We have no notes. We have no outline. We literally just, we have no editing of what comes out of our mouths and we don't edit the podcast. Like my editor puts an intro and an outro on it and that's about it. Like there's not a lot of editing that goes on because we wanted just a place to speak our truth. We wanted a place to talk about the way that women see things and you know, that's what this has become. And I have to say, after doing this for like, wow, almost four years, I I love it. Like every week I get to speak truth. And I do this in other places as well. But there is a powerful practice in allowing yourself to be unedited and allowing yourself not to make a plan about what to say. And I think in our businesses, too often, we are filtering everything we say. We're putting on our marketing hats and we're like, I've got to be politically correct or I've got to reach my target market or I've got to say what I think everybody wants to hear. But the more unedited we are, the more real we are, the more of our voice, our really reclaimed voice that comes through, the more we attract the people that we want, the more we repel the people that we don't want. You know, I find that if people are really struggling to get the right clients, it's because they don't have their voice clear. Absolutely. And I think that is why people are so attracted to people that when they say like, oh, they're just down to earth or they just mean exactly what they say. And they, they gravitate towards those people's stories that they share, you know, they're doing video or they're doing podcasts. Like we want real, you know, from people, from each other, we want that realness. And as women, we just have to really kind of peel back the layers and ask, you know, am I being unfiltered, unedited, or are the, there still voices, you know, like playing out in my mind, you know, you can't say this, this could be offensive. Like you don't want to come across this. (laughs) How often are we still doing that. And it takes this practice and it takes awareness to really pull away where we're doing that, where we have internalized the cultural conditioning that has taught us to silence ourselves rather than to speak the truth. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think this topic brings up a lot of interesting questions, right? Like, cause I've definitely received these in the group and they, you know, questions around, for instance, are we supposed to just express everything? Do we not hold anything back? You know, what, what is the line between what we should keep and what we should express? What's worth getting into conflict for, right? Because if we're going to create conflict, do we just go out there and create conflict and put stuff on social media and stir everything up? And, and, you know, and so that produces a lot of really interesting questions And I think, you know, that exploration is around what do you want to express? What is important to you to express? 
right? It isn't about just going and like putting out whatever thought you have, right? That's not really what we're talking about. I mean, you can, if you want to have an unedited voice and put out any thought that comes to your mind, go for it. But also when we're talking about business, we're talking about brand, we're talking about a voice that has impact. I think we're also talking about what, what's worth expressing, right? So what beliefs are worth expressing? What do you care about enough to express? What is worth conflict? Um, you know, I posed a bunch of questions to my clients around this, this exact idea. What is worth expressing? What do you really believe? What would you commit civil disobedience to defend? What's important enough to you that you would go out on the streets to defend it, right? So this is where we start to really look at what our voice is. What is our right of expression? What do we feel strongly to express? And I think where we look at where we've lost our voice, right? And, and maybe we've just lost it altogether and we can't even tap back into our voice and we have to go through that process of reclaiming it. But also I sometimes think where we really lost it, where it really impacted us was when we felt strongly we needed to express something and we didn't right? Those are the moments we have to really reclaim. When I knew I should have said something to my dad when he did something to me, and instead I shut my mouth, I kept myself small, I retreated into myself. When I should have said, that's not okay, that's not right. And those are some of the things that we can really do, the practice of going back to those times in our lives and reclaiming that moment. You know, an exercise I had my clients do was to go back in and really look at that moment where you shut up, where you kept yourself small, where you stuffed it, and imagine yourself speaking up. And what would you say? And what would you do? Reclaim those memories. Reclaim that moment. And it makes this amazing change and healing process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. And it makes me think about when you were saying kind of where did that happen or who did it happen with that, you know, often in therapy that will come out, you know, that a client feels like I do have my voice in so many ways, except with this particular person or except in this situation and really looking at those, you know, what was that? Um, and like you said, it's usually a time that the person really felt like they kind of betrayed themselves in that moment or they abandoned themselves that they had a right to express, they wanted to express. And there was something, you know, and it all, it happens often between parent and child or authority figures, right? Where you're intimidated and when we're younger or, you know, but we really have to bring attention and awareness to like, how is that experience possibly shadowing other dynamics, other times when we want to have a voice and like bringing some healing to that is really just bringing awareness to that. You don't even have to have that person still alive. You don't even have to have that person that you go back and repair. If you have that and you want, then great. But that's not necessary in order for you to return to that moment where you feel like you lost connection with that right of expression and you go back into yourself. And that's really what we're doing. Like when we reclaim our voice, we are reclaiming ourselves. We are reclaiming our innate intrinsic selves. And this is powerful work. And, and this powerful work changes the world. And it definitely changes our business, right? When we are speaking from a reclaimed voice, that changes everything. Then when we are speaking from a marketing voice, a shallow voice, a sales voice, right? A voice that someone told us to have, which is just another way to suppress women. And so 
this work, it really is internal. As much as we want to like craft our message and craft our voice and craft our brand, it's internal work. And when we do the internal work, guess what? All that outside stuff just crafts itself. You don't even need to hire a copywriter. The language will just flow right out of you. I mean, I think this is the really interesting part that we need to explore. And it's powerful. It's really, it's really life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you find are like with the women that you're working with, what do you feel like are their, their biggest fears around it though? So we know that's important. We know that we can benefit a lot, but we still sometimes are afraid, right? Yeah. Well, and you will know exactly, you will relate to this, I'm sure, with your clients as well. Like it it usually comes back to some form of trauma, right? It usually comes back to little trauma, big trauma, something to where their voice was shut down. This is why the first step I had with my clients was to look at where their voice was silenced. Because if you don't deal with those pieces, then we're just asking you to like pressure yourself through the trauma. And so if you go back, you really look at where was I silenced? And, and sometimes it isn't always what we expect to, you know, to find when we start to explore it. You know, I know for me, there were very significant moments in my life, right? And there's just one memory with my father where, you know, he silenced me. And I have worked on that one moment, like a thousand times, because it was that impactful. And it was impactful in many areas, but definitely and in the need to reclaim my voice. Like in that moment, I was totally silenced violently, you know, I mean, not violently where I was beaten, but like in a very strong way. And I think when we, when we experience that, when we're at that place, that forms this fear in us of ever doing it again. Like I'm never going to speak my mind up again. I'm never going to get a cry in front of someone again. I'm never going to be vulnerable again. And so I think a lot of women fear judgment. They fear that silencing again. They fear violence. They fear, you know, their rights being taken away. They fear being unworthy. And so I think it depends on what our psychology is, what our history is, and it will all have a different flavor. But I do think it kind of all comes down to feeling unworthy, right? If we speak wrongly, we are not worthy. If we speak wrongly, we're not valuable. Exactly. Exactly. And I do think that there's some really, sometimes there's a strong story that will come up if you start to look at that, like a memory, a very specific moment, or sometimes it's accumulation, but being able to really identify, um, that's where it really helps to have the compassion too. So you have the self-awareness around, oh, that happened between my dad and I, and it really impacted me. And then there's so much compassion, like for that little girl, for that moment, right? And then it's like, okay, but how can I advocate for her now? Like, how do I have that voice now? And I think that's kind of also even helpful to move through the fear. It's like having compassion for that part of yourself that did get it taken away, that did get it silenced. You're like, you know what? I'm not just speaking to hear myself talk here. I'm actually advocating for her, that compassion I feel for that little girl that lost her voice or that young woman that lost her voice at some point along the way. You know, and we are doing so much of this to ourselves now. Like, you know, when we were children, you know, we didn't have as much control, obviously. You know, we did need safety and security and we needed our parents to love us and feed us. And we need, you know, we needed to survive school and you know, these things in which we had to survive. 
But it's amazing how those threads carry out even now and how much we're silencing ourselves now. How much we are the ones closing the door on ourselves. We are the ones telling ourselves now internalized suppression to be quiet, to not say anything, to not make waves, to not overpower anyone. And then if we do accidentally put our foot out there or overpower someone or speak out of turn or whatever it is, we feel so guilty, right? We feel so guilty. We're like, oh my gosh, we're horrible people. I think I talked too much in that that Zoom call. I think I I think I spoke out of turn. I should have given that other person more time. Like it is just amazing how it's just so systemic. It's so indoctrinated inside of us to always be conscious of what other people need in our expression versus what we need in our expression. Yes, and we know based on many conversations we've had in this podcast how that is able we can take that into many areas of our lives, like too much concern often about how it's impacting other people at the expense of taking care of ourselves. Like it's important to be aware of others, important to be compassionate towards others and to be able to be gracious and kind. Yet when we're constantly putting the other ahead of our own right to express, there's going to be a cost. And unfortunately it's, a cost that the whole world will bear because they're going to not get to hear your voice. You're here on this planet with a voice expressing your opinions, expressing your perceptions, expressing all of your creative ideas for a reason, right? And when we don't share that, we don't show up fully, then it's like the world is missing out on all of your, all of your brilliance and all the things that you have to say. Yes. And it is not a service to hold your expression back. It is not. Not ever. And I think that this is like a paradigm that we really need to shift. And I see it consistently. I see it in all the, well, not in all, but in many of the women I work with. I see it out in the world. This idea that when we express ourselves, it's bad because we could hurt people, because we could um, make someone feel bad, because we could, um, there's, there's all these ideas we have that we are responsible by our language, by what we, by expressing ourselves. We're responsible for how the other person reacts, behaves, what they do, how violent they get, how, like, all of that. When in truth, we are not responsible for anything anyone else does. Now, I will frame this a little bit and say, yes, if our intention to express is mean, if our intention to express is to hurt someone or punish someone, well, that is a bad intention, right? But that has nothing to do with our right of expression. If we're just being honest, if we're just being truthful, if we're just being real, we are not responsible for what the other person does. We are not responsible if they are hurt. We are not responsible if they don't like what we say. We are not like all of that. We have got to stop owning everyone else's stuff because it is it is a real crisis that we can't express ourselves. Mm, absolutely. And on that note, like I have spent so many sessions with clients where it's like, it doesn't like, let's like, this is therapy. Like you can say whatever you want in here. So let, like, what would you want to say to this person? And it's not about them. Like, what do you need to say for the sake of what needs to be expressed? And and that can be a challenging exercise for people because they're so constantly thinking, well, how, okay. But then 
are they going to understand what I'm saying? Or like, how are they going to respond to what I'm saying? And it's like, no, this is an exercise. And like, if you were just to speak for your own sake, <laughs> like, what do you need to say? So that in your heart of hearts and in your, the peace in your calm in your belly feels good that you have had a chance to say what needs to be said. And, and I'm like, and you're just saying it to me. I'm your therapist. I'm even saying it to this person. But it's funny how like, especially for women, it's hard to step away from that concern about how the other person is going to receive it, you know, to just get in their truth. But what is true for you? And it doesn't have to be um, like you're saying, we're not talking about being mean. We're not talking about, you know, using your voice to hurt others. Right, using your voice to advocate for yourself. And in doing so, people have the choice to respond however they're going to respond to what you have to say. But like when it's an alignment, when it's just like, this is true for me and I want to have an expression. I want to just speak this. Yeah, look, it is, it is so important for our wholeness, right? And it is so important for our business and it is so important for our relationships. There is not an area in our lives where this idea of expressing our truth, of expressing our real feelings is not important. I'm sorry, but it is 100% across the board important. And we can break that down into all the different areas. But the bottom line is that when we are being truthful, we are expressing our truth, right? That is so powerful. I love having people in my life who express their truth. Even if I don't like what they're saying, at least I know where they stand. I'm not having to figure out what they really mean, what is the underlying message, what's between the lines. Like, I love people who are just who they are. Like, I know who they are. I don't have to guess. I don't have to imagine, even if I really dislike them. And so, it is an honor and it's powerful to know where people stand, to know who people are, to know what they believe, what they want, what they don't want. And so we've got to stop thinking that if we color our voice, if we minimize our voice, if we make it more palatable, <laughs> that somehow that's better for the world because it sure as hell is not. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think that. This is the time in this particular time, as we see women stepping into more public platforms or just, you know, more female politicians. And, you know, we have a woman running for vice president. And it's just, it's really amazing to see that there are more examples. And so let's step in together, you know, and like ride this wave. Let's like keep on being, you know, I, I, I love the, um, Somebody had put a meme about like women like um, RGB, you know, who opened so many doors, so many doors for all of us as women to walk through. It's like, are we going to be the type of woman that holds the door open, you know, and continues to let more women through? Or are we going to shut it? Just trying to hold our own space or trying to make the men happy or whatever it is. And I think I'm just thinking of that now as you talk about our voice, you know, just and where can you amplify another woman's voice? Where can you find your own? Where can you amplify another woman? And I mean, just by being there, support her, cheer her on, you hear a woman speak her truth and go up and tell her like, that was inspiring. I'm so grateful that you did that. You know, like that's also ways that we can collectively feel supported, you know, and encouraged by each other because it can feel lonely when you're you know, trying to, especially if you're that only woman in a room full of men are the only woman, you know, in the, in the zoom call full of men. 
So if you have a chance to be an ally and an advocate for another woman, then they go for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think on that note, we'll wrap up for today. And, you know, if you take anything from this episode, I really hope it is just looking at yourself and asking yourself, am I expressing myself truthfully or am I diminishing and silencing myself? Like that question alone can produce a lot of like amazing awareness. So thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Do you love the topics we're sharing on this show? Would you like to go deeper into them for more personal and business transformation? Do you need the clarity of one-to-one coaching support, but also long for a group of amazing women who are into self-development as part of their business growth? I work with women who are reluctant leaders. They feel a pull to change the world, but they want to break free from the traditional masculine leadership model. They don't like the limelight, they refuse to hustle, and they've almost given up on finding another way. But my Women in the Arena program is another way to grow your business, step into leadership, and break free of what is keeping you limited. I've taken hundreds of women through this course. It is powerful and it is ending after this year. So if you've ever wanted to work with me in a one-to-one capacity, the time is now. If this interests you, visit sonyastatman.com or reach out to me on any of my socials. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.